1: Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad that you're with us on this Tuesday's edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Mississippi network of stations across the state or online. From the Southern Bancorp studios in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sander along with producer-engineer Michael Murgens. Luke Johnson is with us in the Southern Bancor Studios in Laurel. This first segment brought to you by our friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickey's is the place to... To call to make sure that your Super Bowl party runs smoothly with the wide selection of different meats smoked to perfection and all those great side dishes as well. Leave all the planning to Dickies. You just enjoy your Super Bowl party with your friends. On the program, Heath Hinton is going to be joining us momentarily. He's the proprietor of Big Gold Nation. Then later on, we're going to talk about a lot of different things, including the first D1 baseball uh, preseason rankings are out, where the Lady Eagles and the Eagles are in the the Massey ratings and and how the Massey ratings really aren't expecting a whole lot out of either of those teams the rest of the way. There's a lot of things we want to get to, but let's, let's start with our good friend, Heath Hinton, again, proprietor of Big Gold Nation. Heath, good afternoon to you. You there, buddy?
2: I'm here. Can you hear me, But I'm sorry, my phone, jumped.
1: No, that's okay. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. Now, you you were among the first to report some of the staff changes going on at Southern Miss Football. Give us the very latest on everything that you know uh, going on in Will Will Hall's uh, program.
2: Well, we do know that Austin Armstrong has taken a position with Nick Saban and University of Alabama on the defensive staff. What that is, I don't think we know yet, but he is taking a position there. Uh, Coach Hall is promoting, uh, safeties coach, uh, Dan O'Brien to, uh, defensive coordinator. He will continue to coach the safeties. And right now, uh, there's a plan in place, hopefully to replace, uh, inside linebacker. And I think we should know within today, today or tomorrow who that guy's going to be. So those staff changes happen. Look, it's the nature of the beast. Um, it- you can't blame a man for better and how much money he's making. He's going to Alabama. Uh, coach, on wish. List, and I'll tell you this, Nick Saban, you know, coming over here and hiring your coaches, you're doing something wrong.
1: Okay, yeah, we the, your, your phone's kind of acting funny, Heath. I don't know what's going on there, but we'll, we'll see if we can't work it out on, on our end here. But do you anticipate, before Luke gets in here with you, do you anticipate any more changes on the Southern Miss football staff?
2: I don't think so. I think I'm sorry, guys. I think everything is uh, is good to go now. I think you know, just finding an inside linebackers coach is the next step. But I don't see anybody else leaving at this point.
0: Go ahead, Luke. Heath, uh, the, the benefit of, of O'Brien being moved up—I mean, he kind of makes the most sense. Naturally, he was—he comes from the Nick Saban, Kirby Smart tree. Was uh, I can't believe if he and Austin were actually at Georgia at the same time, uh, but it, it, it will stay remotely generally the same—the uh, same scheme as with Armstrong. Yeah, I don't
2: think anything can change, Luke. I don't think anything's going to change at all, if that's what you're asking. I'm sorry my phone keeps messing up. But I don't think you're going to see much changing uh, coming from um, Coach O'Brien. I think they're going to run the same scheme. You're going to see the same blitz packages, same type of coverage. So I think it's just natural progression. You bring a guy in, you you already successful at what you do. There's no reason to invent the wheel. I mean, you might see a couple little things different every now and then. You might see that, but I, I don't think you'll see any big fundamental changes on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Talking to Heath Hinton with uh, with Big Gold Nation. So uh, Golden Eagles lose a, a very stout defensive player, Malik Shorts, but Avery Hobbes announcing yesterday that he's coming back.
2: Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, having him on the outside, the blitz quarterback, uh, plays the run extremely well. Um added to him, you know, you look at what he does for you on the outside, kind of a defensive and outside linebacker uh, type of position that he plays. So it, huge to have him back, but you also get Hayes, Maples, you get Swayze, Bozeman. So you get some of those guys with leadership that are coming, you know, that'll be back for uh, to help that defense. I think it's just a, a great deal to have uh, Avery back, and, and I think the Southern Miss fan base, yeah uh, is really happy about
0: that. Talk to us about these two transfers. Uh, Dylan Lawrence, um, originally from Loosedale, Mississippi, Rodriguez-Clark, running back, uh, provides depth. Talk to us about those two transfers. Yeah.
2: Liz, I'm sorry. My phone jumped again, buddy. Uh, can you say that again? I don't know what's going on. Let's do this uh,
0: I mean, if we can. This is the nature of the beast with live radio. Heath, how about uh, Bobby, Kelly and I will continue to talk. We'll disconnect. Michael, we'll, uh, we'll connect with you again, Michael, if we can do that as far as try to get a better connection. But, but Kelly, as we, we uh, hook back up with with uh, with Heath, this is one of the reasons we talked about yesterday in the transfer portal, the ability when you don't just sign people, which was a fundamental change when Will Hall came in. You just don't sign people because you have open. And scholarships you wait for the right type of people uh, to be able to sign later on
1: and I think I think what some of the athletes in the state of Mississippi are beginning to learn because of the transfer portal and whatnot is when you have the two schools up north that play in the SEC you can't compete in that league unless you're truly doing a nationwide search you know you're they're recruiting guys from Florida and Texas and California and all the Arizona. All these other places, all right, and so the the competition is stiffer for positions up there. If you want to play, right, everybody's goal is to play in the league. Well, the only way you're going to get to play in the National Football League is if you are seen. So, do you want to yeah. play? You know, do you want to play at Southern Miss or do you want to ride the bench at those schools? And I know, I know, athletes' egos are going. No, I'm going to beat those other guys out for positions and that's the attitude you should have but when reality sets in sometimes southern miss is a much better fit for a lot of these guys
0: absolutely it is and uh do we got we got heath back now yeah i'm back guys awesome good deal sounds better yeah talk to us about rodriguez clark the running back transfer from memphis talk to us about dylan lawrence uh transferring originally from loosdale mississippi and as kelly was saying an opportunity for both of these guys to to actually play a lot more and be seen
2: yeah, uh, Rodriguez Clark, a running back out of Memphis, five ten, two hundred five. uh led Memphis a couple years ago in rushing. Um, uh, just uh, a back coming in a big bruise. Kind of one of those guys that's 200-plus pounds that maybe you can use the bowling ball of bruiser at 5'10". So a really good pickup for uh, Coach Hall. And then Dylan Lawrence is safety. Six four, two hundred five 205 pounds. You just don't find many safeties that are six four, two 205. Uh, that is impressive in itself, and, and a guy who's had SEC experience at Mississippi State. But the size, the speed, those guys just don't come around in, in uh, the Sun Belt very often. He's going to be able to match up with tight ends, tall tight ends that, that a few teams in the Sun Belt have. And uh, that mismatch you usually have with tight end safety, you may not have it anymore, Against Southern Miss with a guy that size,
1: well, he he's almost he's almost exactly the same size as Eric Scott, is he not?
2: Uh, yeah, but I think he's a little taller, but physical. Yeah, I like him. I, I think it's a I think it's a great move, especially against uh, slot receivers. He can play them, but also those big uh, tight ends that come across the middle. You need somebody back there that's physical that can uh, that can go toe to toe with those guys.
1: Now the the portal as as I understand it is now closed. Can you cause this is all still kind of new to a lot of us. Heath. So is that accurate now the the transfer portal is gone for now? It's closed down? Well the
2: you, you can't enter it, but okay. you can still pick up players. Okay. Uh, you can pick up players for a while. I mean there there there's going to be guys that get picked up after spring practice. Uh Troy's quarterback Got picked up. I think it was maybe in July last year. So, uh, yeah, maybe entering the portal is closed, but you can pick them up all throughout the year.
1: Gotcha. Okay, that makes a little more sense,
0: Heath. Uh, you know, we—I haven't talked to you in a few weeks. Um, Tyke's leave, leaving, and and we'll we'll land somewhere. Uh, it just seems as if though. We Do you think there's going to be more movement to what you just said in the the quarterback room after spring, or are we pretty settled now? I think there
2: could be. I mean, you, you think about it, they're going to go into spring practice. There is no, going to be no number one, I guess you could say, maybe Wilkie, because he's returning, uh, could have the, you know, just that he's number one for that because he started games. But it's going to be a wide-open position. Iron sharpens iron, as many coaches have said. And Coach Hall likes open competition. And, look, if they're not happy with what they see in the spring, as I said, they could go in the transfer portal, maybe yeah. some, pick somebody out of the transfer portal. There's going to be guys available. So just sit back and, and see what happens. There's There's a lot of time to do – a lot of uh, different things with the sure. transfer report when it comes to the quarterbacks.
0: Heath, you got time to stick around another segment with us?
2: You sh- you sure, since my phone's working I think it'll be a lot better things, <laughs> guys.
0: Good stuff. We're visiting with Heath Hinton. A big old nation on a Tuesday. Stick around. Eagle Hour continues right after this.
1: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Campus Bookmart is the sponsor of this segment of the Eagle Hour. You can shop them 24 7 online at Campus Bookmart. That's with a T, campusbookmart.net. It is the really the only place to go uh, in town to get comprehensive Southern Miss, whatever you need, whether it's wedding gifts, housewares, uh, clothing. Everything that can have a Southern Miss logo put on it, you can find at Campus Bookmart. And they're always changing merchandise weekly. So make sure that you make it part of your weekly shopping habit. Continuing our discussion with Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation. Heath, we're going to talk basketball here in a little bit, but I want to, I want to go back to Austin Armstrong's situation uh, in football. How will his departure, do you anticipate, how do you think it will affect uh, recruiting, particularly on that side of the ball?
2: Right now, I don't think it's going to affect it anyway because guys are already signed and, and, and uh, transfer portal guys are already in. I don't think right now, I, I guess it's wait to be seen. He's a good recruiter, but so is Coach O'Brien and whoever they bring in to be a inside linebacker coach. That's one good thing about Will Hall. Everybody on their staff's a good recruiter. So I, I don't think it's going to have much effect at all. I think they're going to be able to recruit and a lot of it's going to also be on uh, Coach O'Brien, how well that defense plays next year. Defense plays well, guys want to play in that defense. Defense doesn't play well, you might have a hard time finding some guys to uh, fill those spots. So I think it's left to be seen, but I, I personally, I think it's going to be a smooth transition, and I don't think it's going to have that big of a an impact on recruiting going forward.
0: Heath, uh, let, let's let's switch gears to basketball. Um, let's start big. Let's talk men, just big picture. Your your thoughts about the four-game road uh, swing, um, and I'll talk more about the Marshall game here just a minute, but just kind of give us your overall view of it.
2: I thought, you know, Lafayette as a the team, they were kind of with their backs against the wall. It's going to be hard to go in there and win. It's always hard to win, especially in the second half when they shoot 28 free throws and you shoot eight. Um, so that's gonna, that's always gonna be a difficult thing to win on the road there. Thought they bounced back in Monroe, uh, got a good win against a team that started off really hot, and then went up to, uh, Marshall. And let's just say if it takes you 30 hours to get from Regreen Green, Coliseum, Huntington, West Virginia, there's no easy way into Huntington, West Virginia, as you well know, Luke. So, uh, that was gonna be a tough one to win. And I really think they showed a lot in the bounce back win at Arkansas State. With the travel that they had, with the difficulties, uh, getting to both schools, Jonesboro's not easy to get there to. After the, the horrific travel to Marshall to go in there and just really, uh, dominate Arkansas State, I thought it was huge for them to go two and two in a row. Now they come home for four straight where the Golden Eagles are eight and no. I think, uh, coach, all in all, if you're coach Ladner, you have to be happy with where you're sitting right now in the Sun Belt.
0: Yeah, I heard some uh, some reports as well. Um I think there was more Watchers uh, from from a viewership of the Marshall uh, Southern Miss game, like nationally, I think ESPN was was uh, was was proud of that, and you know I think that probably will create some of these more. You'll see some of these ESPN Plus games maybe get bumped to to the network. So Southern Miss lost that game, but you got to feel like uh, you know the the reaction of that that the Sun Belt will benefit going forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's all about ratings and numbers. We were talking about TV. It's all about ratings and numbers, and they uh, had a pretty good showing for that game for the Sun Belt on a Thursday night. Uh, look and, and look, Southern Miss, I don't care if they're 18, 19, 20, 21. Well, our team's more like, you know, Southern Miss is more like 22, 23, 24 years old. But you travel. You have that much travel just to get to one place, and you're stuck in an airport for 13 hours, and – you don't get into Huntington till 11.30 or midnight the night before a game, that's going to affect how you perform, especially against a good team like uh, Marshall. So I'm not saying that the Golden Eagles, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying you have to take that into effect when you're talking about that game.
1: When you look at the overall standings from top to bottom right now on the men's side, Heath Hinton, the fact that... that four or five teams are all tied for first place with four and two records this notion that the sunbelt is going to beat each other up on the basketball court pretty much reinforces the notion that the Sun sunbelt's going to be a one team league uh, when it comes to ncaa invitations Does that make sense
2: yeah unfortunately it is i think that's the one thing about basketball that was the same with conference usa and the Sun Belt. unfortunately it probably will be a one one bid league um and that's sad. It probably should be a two-bid league, maybe even a three-bid lead in some, play, some cases. But, man, that's part of – that's what the Sun Belt's doing, though. The Sun Belt has another year like this next year where teams get a lot of win out of conference early. That can change, you know, what people believe of the Sun Belt and help get those rankings up. And, um, you know, it is what it is, guys. It's a one-bid league, and you really got to win the conference. The conference tournament to get to the dance, and that's what Southern Miss has to look at. They have to look at setting themselves up to get a first round bye in the tournament in Pensacola.
1: Yeah, that would be. I mean, the, we talk about the, the top four teams actually get double buys the way the tournament is is set up, and it's going to be because it's in the Sun Belt this year, Luke. The tournament's in Pensacola, so that's not a hard drive at all for Southern Miss fans that might actually want to to take the tournament in. Yeah,
0: and that, that's the benefit again. Uh, you're, you're not just capitalizing off travel between you know schools in in conference games, but they will centrally locate you know these uh, these tournaments, and I think it benefits those of us in the Western. You know, Pensacola does, um, I'm for sure. Heath, moving to women's basketball, seven out of the last eight. I, give me your thoughts on this. Yesterday, I, I kind of I, I encouraged our listeners to basically be looking at box scores, and the more people that are in double digits basically means that we are relying on more people than Dom Davis to score whereas if she has 25 and you have you know uh, four other people in single digits all you have to do is shut down one player but this last game that they won uh four players in double digits and and they were all kind of close to to Dom and it just feels like that's going to help them down the stretch for sure
2: you're right, and you look at Bracy coming in and starting to become more of a scorer, and you're starting to see what she can do. But you're right, guys. It's got to be more than Dom. It's got to be more than Grayson that's getting into double digits, and you're seeing that now with the Lady Eagles. Look, they're a tough defensive team. They got inside. Their their biggest problem is maybe their outside shooting. They got guys that can. They got girls who can get to the basket, can drive. But uh, sometimes their outside shooting is not as good as it could be. I think that's their biggest weakness. But you look at them right now, second place, only losing to uh, James Madison at home. And look, if it wasn't for a terrible start by the Lady Eagles, they they might even win that game because they could almost come all the way back. I think it was like 20-4 at the end of the first half and still made a game out of it at the end. So, uh, look, they are – Southern Miss is a team you got to look at the box score. They've won two in a row now, but it's because multiple people are scoring. Bracey, Grayson, um, Dom, that's what's going to help this team. And I think you're starting to see this team grow a little bit and get better, especially in defense. And I think they're working out their rotation with the bigs. So uh, I've always said I thought this team could be really good in the sun Belt and they're doing that right now.
1: The resiliency of both both the men's and the women's team for Southern Miss in that they are they're protecting their home court, right? They're defending their serve at home. But they're going on the road and they're winning games. And let's face it, there's nothing new about this. If you can go on the road in any league and win some games, whether you steal them, it doesn't matter. A W is a W, and if you get them on the road, that's like taking two from the rest of the field because a lot of other teams won't do that. And already the Lady Eagles have shown a propensity to do that. And the men just split on the road against, you know, two two pretty tough teams. But still, they were able to take two on the road. Big for both 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 teams.
2: Yeah, the Lady Eagles are 2-0 on the road in the Sun Belt right now. And they're going to need that momentum because they're going to Appalachia State, to Marshall, all the way to Jonesboro, all the way to San Marcos, Texas. So they've got a heck of a road trip coming up in the next two weeks. Um, you look at where they're five and one right now. They've had their four games at home. Now they got to go on the road. They need to at least get go two and two here. If they go one and three here, that's going to hurt their seeding chances in the tournament. So they've got to. They've got to at least go two and two instead of one and three. But I, but I think if you ask Coach McNeil, they believe they can win all four.
1: Yeah, they're playing with great momentum. And as you mentioned, defensively, they're, they've just been especially tenacious here the last couple of weeks. Heath, uh, tell us more about Big Gold Nation. We have we briefly touch upon it in weeks past, but more in depth about how people can get involved and the different types of memberships they can secure.
2: Yeah, thank you, Kelly. Just go to southernmiss.rivals.com, click join. Uh, It is $9.99 a month or $8.99 a month if you sign up for a whole year. Uh, A lot of fun being talked about right now with the transfer portal on the board. We cover every uh, basketball game. uh, Something else, usually at this time of the year, Southern Miss fans are getting ready for baseball. I think it's kind of fascinating right now. Seven of the top ten threads on the board are basketball. Not baseball. How about that? And that tells you how much people were excited about this basketball team and what they're doing.
1: Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Speaking of baseball, the first official D1 preseason baseball poll is out. Something particularly intriguing about one of Mississippi's Big Three. We'll talk about that and then discuss more about men's and women's basketball, Massey ratings, and so much more with Kelly Sander and Luke Johnson. And Michael Murgan's. the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern
2: Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Always good to chat with our buddy Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. If you missed that interview, we talked some about Austin Armstrong and uh, the new defensive coordinator coming in or being promoted within the staff and the effect uh, that that recruiting uh, losing a defensive coordinator might have on recruiting. Heath didn't think it it would have much effect at all. But you can always go back and listen on demand, supertalk.fm, Out FM, or catch us in podcast form, Google Play, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Luke Johnson. Kelly Sander and Michael Morgan's from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, Bob, out for a few more days. I appreciate you joining us today. Third segment of the Eagle Hour, as always, brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 995 Lunch. And of course, it comes with uh, sweet tea or your favorite soft drink every single day at Fourth Street I should mention tomorrow happy to have men's basketball head coach Jay Ladner will be joining us and then uh, immediately following that interview JD Byers voice of the South Alabama Jaguars who the Golden Eagles take on in Reed Green Coliseum Thursday night at seven so coach Ladner and JD Byers uh, tomorrow as uh, we begin to preview South Alabama uh, the Thursday night opponent of uh, of the Golden Eagles just uh, Kelly just in the last few minutes uh, Southern miss getting another uh, transfer Brennan Milleran he was he is a long snapper, a deep snapper from the University of Troy, or Troy University, originally from Hoover, Alabama. So, uh, hey, I know the importance of, of long snappers. So, uh, Brennan, I believe I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, Milleron, or Milleron from Hoover High School, uh, just announcing that he is committed to play football at Southern Miss. He was a junior last year, so I'm not sure if that's a COVID junior or not, so he either has one or two years left to play. All right, Kelly, speaking of basketball, uh, um, your favorite uh, ratings out there, the Masseys, let's discuss that.
1: Yeah, and, and really when you look at the, at the Masseys on on the men's side, uh, they've got Marshall listed as number one. That's you know not really any big surprise, particularly Southern Miss and Marshall went head-to-head and the Thundering Herd had its way there in Huntington. But they've got Louisiana ranked second. They've got the Cajuns ranked second. Of course, the Cajuns beat Southern Miss as well. Uh, down but they've got return they have a return match with louisiana coming up at reed green coliseum then southern miss third so you've got marshall 15 and 4 louisiana 14 and 4 southern miss 15 and 4 they've got them as the top three in the league then james madison now what's interesting about that is you got you got the dukes coming in here on saturday Right, not to get ahead of ourselves, because as you mentioned, we got a big game with South Al coming up on Thursday, but the Dukes come in here Saturday, and that would further solidify Southern Miss's position in the league. We we really can't can't overstate how important it is that in the regular season you want to finish in that top four, just because the way the conference tournament is set up, and um, you don't want to have to wear out all your personnel playing a lot of extra games that. You don't necessarily have to. And right now, if the season were to end today, the Eagles would be in good shape because they'd be in one of those top four spots. After James Madison, it's Old Dominion, Troy, and Texas State. All right, and then on on down the line with Arkansas State coming in last place. Now, according to the Masseys, based on these uh, computer analysis and all the numbers that they plug into this thing, they don't think too highly, Luke, of where Southern Miss – is going to finish the season. The Eagles have 12 games left in the regular season, and the Masseys project that the Eagles will win six and lose six. They project that they will win all home games except one. So they've got seven home games left and five road games. So they project that James Madison will beat the Eagles. This Saturday, but that that would be the only home game that Southern Miss would lose, and then the other games at Troy, at Georgia State, at South Al, at Old Dominion, and at Texas State would all be losses. Which I find that a little bit hard to digest. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at this four game stretch, so so I mentioned it yesterday. South Al's two and four. They're at the bottom. James Madison's three and three. We already beat Arkansas State. They're one and five. And then Texas State is three and three also. So all four teams on this upcoming slate are, you know, middle of the pack to bottom of the barrel. Then when you go on past that, you got you're at Troy at Georgia State. Troy, four and two, so that that's a you know, that's a tough game. Georgia State, two and four. So you could see where you could go probably one and one in that stretch but I mean you're ahead of Troy technically in the standings you could be 2 and 0 oh. The the February 9th game against uh, against Lafayette is a game that is in Reed Green and it's a revenge game. So I could see you that game going either way. ULM was a tough game right after that, but then you finish with South Al, Old Dominion, Texas State, and Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern right now the only one of those teams with a winning record. So I don't I don't understand how you get to six and six. I think probably eight and four or nine and three is not a is not an overshot. The games that I would be concerned about going forward is uh, is James Madison, the Louisiana game on the ninth, and maybe the Georgia Southern game. Everything else you're going to be favored in.
1: I, I can maybe, maybe ODU, maybe when they're at ODU they wouldn't be. But your point is well taken. I agree with you. I think that uh, I think that this six and six projection by the Masseys is a little bit low. Uh, and there are some intangibles that don't go into the numbers. You know, and this Southern Miss team is experienced. Heath talked about the age of this team. If I'm not mistaken, that, uh that the Eagles might be the fourth oldest team in NCAA Division one this year um a lot of older players on this team so it, it should be fun to watch just it. one more one more comment yeah. you brought up Old Dominion
0: Arkansas State's only conference win was against Old Dominion and and right now the monarchs I believe they are two and four in the conference okay. yeah two and four ten and eight overall but but back to that point, Um, there's really nobody in the Sun Belt right now that is like awful. ULM is 8 and 11, which is the worst record, and they are 4 and 2 in the conference. James Madison, uh, you know, who's coming in Saturday, they're 12 and 7, 3 and 3 in the conference, and the rest of of the line goes App State 10 and 9, Texas State 10 and 9, Old Dominion 10 and 8. Then Georgia State is 9 and 9. And then Coastal and South Alabama won eight games, and Arkansas State at the bottom of the barrel—they're nine and ten overall. So it goes back to the fact that you know we we could there there will be I think you know this conference will will be very 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 competitive down the stretch, which does not allow teams to separate. Now if that you know allows you just to get a one one bid towards the end simply because they're just going to look at you know a jumbled mess rather than say in the conference as a whole was better than just the top team and that but you have to first prove yourself as a conference before you start getting you know the uh, the benefit of the doubt when you have a bunch of teams that beat up on each other.
1: And with these next two games at Reed Green, I hope that there will be large boisterous crowds uh, on hand particularly against well South Al is you know a natural rival. Uh, getting to be a bigger pain <laughs> than we really want, wanted them to be and then James Madison of course for standings that that should be big intense game on Saturday. Now on the women's side of the Massey ratings Luke, James Madison who who really in both the men's and the women's side if there was a wagon as the kids call it now, I mean a sure enough stud team, the James Madison women uh lead the way. They're 16 and 2. Number one in the Massey ratings. Troy is second at 10 and 7. Old Dominion third at 12 and 7. Then the Lady Eagles at 12 and 5. And just like the men, the Masseys have the women going 6 and 6 the rest of the way. Again, pretty tough for for me to, uh, to digest. But I'm going to make a note today and see just how these shake out compared to um, what the Masseys... You know, project. But again, if the season were to end today, both the men and the women would get one of those top four spots. And as the former president used to say, that would be huge going into the postseason tournament.
0: You mentioned James Madison, the the ladies sixteen and two. They're only two losses. They actually lost to Maine in the first game of the season. Then they lost a home game to the Lady Tar Heels of North Carolina. But I mean, they've won every game since since Thanksgiving, since November twenty third. So in the Lady Eagles. Uh, you know, will have to – thankfully they don't play them. Uh, They've already played them, you know, and they lost by by nine. But ladies have – at Boone, uh, or Thursday, and then they they go to Huntington. You talked about Jonesboro and San Marcos. But uh, the ladies then turn around and get another four-game home series. Right. Or stretch uh, before playing the last three out of four on the road. Um, I I do think that that benefits them a little more possibly – possibly than the men, but if you're Joy Lee McNellis right now and you're looking at the standings, I mean, you gotta be proud of your your ladies right now, five and one, tied with Troy for second place, Texas State Old Dominion at four and two, so a game behind you. But I mean it's one of those things for both programs, O'Kelly, I mean, their whole season is really what they make it to be because they put themselves in a
1: great situation after the first third of, of conference play. But if you can get yourself and lock down one of those top four bids Because we know, we talked with Heath Hinton about the league being a one-bid league. So to play the minimum number of games that you could at the Sun Belt Tournament gives you a better shot at making, and look, just making the NCAA field is such a huge financial windfall for the school. So obviously you'd want to win and go as far as you can go, but just getting into the field would be a big financial boost for both the Lady Eagles and the men's team. And we'll talk more about uh, Thursday night's contests tomorrow. But on the other side of this commercial break, we shift gears and talk about baseball. Baseball is in the air. The first official D1 baseball poll is out. We'll get to that, and we'll tell you that the Eagles are in the poll. Exactly where, and some interesting notes as to where other schools aren't when the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. This final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by D1 and DBAT Training Facility right off of Interstate 59 in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. Big location with two sides, one for the physical aspects of your sport, softball or baseball, and then the left side has all the cages and even... um, uh, areas to work, you know, ground balls and things like that. They've got the, the pro shop there for with batting gloves and bats and all the things that your youngsters might need as we get ready for a softball and baseball season. And, of course, we know that baseball season and softball right around the corner. We're glad that D1 and D-Bat are with us. And speaking of baseball, the first official D1 baseball poll is out. LSU, that same team that Southern Miss sweeped to the side, or swept to the side, I should say, in the regionals last year. LSU comes in number one. Must have had quite a recruiting class (laughs) to be number one. Tennessee comes in number two. Now, there was a poll last week that had Tennessee number one. Stanford is ranked third. Then the defending national champions from Oxford are fourth. Texas A&M is fifth. So there you go. Four out of the top five are in the SEC. Other SEC teams include Florida in seventh, Arkansas eighth, Vanderbilt tenth. Southern Miss comes in 18th, which has been pretty much the consistent number, Luke, as we've looked at a lot of these different polls. Southern Miss is 18th. But we teased earlier in the show an intriguing point that the third of Mississippi's big schools, the champion from two years ago, Mississippi State, not anywhere in the top 25. Your thoughts?
0: I mean, I think it's to be expected. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to stay that way. And you know, just being objective about it, if you don't think Mississippi State and Chris Lamontis, you know, are going to field a good, t- I mean, they, they had injuries last year. You know, it's just the the way it was. And uh, you better get ready. I mean, yeah. we're playing them, playing them early in the season, playing them in, in early March, and anybody that uh, anybody that overlooks Starkville, you know, in baseball is t- to their own detriment. Uh, I. I it was kind of interesting. Uh, Ole Miss to makes sense with the, what they're returning. I thought we may be ranked a little higher um, than than 18th, but top 20 ranking to start
1: of the season, I'll take it all day long. Yeah, considering when you look at some of those other schools that are in there year in and year out, I think Southern Miss is going to be one of these teams because it's not it's not a reload situation anymore with Southern Miss, and now you've seen all this craziness with ticket sales where you can't hardly get tickets anymore talked about on the program, this thing has just exploded and I don't see any reason why um, you know, no matter how long Scott Barry decides to to coach, of course he could retire at any time. He's got his quote unquote years in, so he could go at any time. But I, I don't see anywhere in the near future where Southern Miss baseball would have any drop offs, you know, whatsoever. So I would look for Southern Miss to be one of those perennial teams that are gonna be in that top. Yeah, you're 25. at the,
0: you're at the point where because of the success, particularly the last several years, is that you now are are one of the the names listed. I mean, it's just you have the ability to recruit talent year in and year out. And baseball's you know unique in that sense because uh, you can still find players that people have overlooked. But when when you now go into that you know twenty top twenty top twenty five. National brands, you're you're able to 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 do that, and that's where we are right now. Um, the worst thing that can happen, it won't happen inside the program; it'll happen outside. It's for people just to kind of take it for granted, and you know, you should enjoy it. I mean, and and we've seen our fan base responding that way. We had the conversation yesterday about how there's not you know not any tickets left, to, you know, in in the bleachers in in the grandstands, and and that's the way you want to respond. Um, at the same time, I mean, I don't want to hear people on social media. You know, calling for somebody's head after ten games, because to maintain it, I mean, you you have to play. I mean, we're we're not going to go out and start our season with Wofford. We're just not going to do that. You know, we're we're not going to play a bunch of softies. I mean, this is this is what you love about Scott Berry is that he challenges his team, and it seems as if the better that they play, the next year the schedule is is lifted up just even a little more. I mean, you look at the schedule this year;
1: this is unbelievable. And that I was going to mention last year when the team finished with the it was a great record in and of itself but what made it especially good was when you look at the teams that they beat. You remember back in as Southern Miss was trying to to get itself up to where it is now. They had to play schools like, you know, Oakland of Michigan and some of these, you know, schools that maybe you haven't even, you know, heard of and they would get upset every now and again, you know, by one of those schools. But Scott Barry also knows that the whole objective is to get to postseason play. Can't make it to Omaha unless you get to postseason play. And the way you do that is you get rewarded for playing strong teams. And I think even on this show this past season, he said we're, we're past the point of weaker schools calling us in, hey, coach, we want to come south, will you play us? Well, no, Southern Miss can be selective now. You know, Southern Miss is is the is the pretty girl, so to speak, and can pretty much have her pick as, as to who they want. And he's only going to want to play teams that can help their RPI and the other things that they that they rate. And that that's a sign of you're, you're exactly where you want to be. You're calling the shots.
0: Absolutely. So Southern Miss 18th in uh, in D1 baseball's poll, and uh, it's getting ready, getting getting ready. Kelly, as we speak, Dave Riggert from James Madison has uh, confirmed for Friday. So we'll be able to preview both uh, South Alabama tomorrow uh, with J.D. Byers and then preview the James Madison game on Saturday with Dave Rigger.
1: we got some great shows planned for you the rest of the week. Bob Getty off the rest of the week. But we'll be back here again tomorrow for Luke Johnson and producer-engineer Michael Murgens. I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us until tomorrow at 1. Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top.
2: Into the future. To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till i free i go the world to-
0: a super talk Mississippi yeah. Media Production